Good afternoon and welcome to the Lots of Matzah Pizza Podcast. Today we bring into the studio Taylor Williamson, former Edina Miss Hockey Award winner, a national champion at the University of Minnesota, and now the head coach at Wyzetta High School with her father, Dean. This is going to be a fun journey to talk about her hockey career, her coaching career, and some of the health issues that she faced in her journey as a hockey player. I hope you enjoy the show. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, 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 we have our first female guest on the Lots of Matza podcast, and it couldn't be a better one. Taylor Williamson, welcome aboard. Hey, Tony, thank you. Well, this should be a fun show. You have a great uh, hockey heritage, hockey family with the Williamson name um, and an unbelievable story. I'm not sure we're going to be able to get this all in in 60 minutes, but we'll do our best, okay? Sounds good. All right, let's start off uh, with some easy stuff because we're going to get to autoimmune diseases and brain cancer later on in the show. So let's start off light and and talk about uh, your family um, and what it means to be a Williamson. I mean, it is this is a crazy, crazy deep heritage the Williamsons here in Minnesota. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I was born into what you would call a hockey family, having. Um, my grandpa, uh, Murray Williamson, and then my dad being Dean Williamson. Um, as I was saying earlier, just you're born to, to love this game. And it's all that I've ever known from right off the bat. Um, and it's so fun because, um, you just have generations of, of family that absolutely love this game. Um, and it definitely makes for, for family holidays being being exciting that's for sure i'm sure you probably have a christmas game or something where everyone gets together and plays does that get uh pretty racy at some times oh man it is quite competitive um you typically have a bloody nose or stitches that need to be put in the forehead um (laughs) on average every single year And, and some years you're three years old and you're just kind of hanging out, right? And then, then you become like Miss Hockey and a gopher, and it's like you're probably at that point in the game, you're probably the best one on the ice, right? So it, it kind of varies between year to year, right? Oh, absolutely. I could not wait to get older, to say the least, and start skating circles around my uncles. <laughs> yeah, that probably didn't take too long, I'm sure. Um, so let's walk through your high school career. Um, you were kind of, uh, for the lack of a better term, you were a pioneer at, at Edina. They had, they won three state championships until this year. Um, you were right on the cusp of that. You saw Edina girls hockey in the growth period. Uh, you took two third places and lost in two section finals. Um, what was that like, uh, kind of being on the forefront of Edina girls hockey? It was super cool. Um, I am so blessed to have been able to grow up in Edina um, and play hockey there along the way. Um, you know, it's it's evident amongst uh, the entire state that there's just something special about Edina hockey. 
Um, and to be able to grow up there and be coached by, you know, such icons like Greg Dornbach, um, Jay Chapman, um, and then all the way up into high school with Laura Slominski, it's a super cool experience that these kids from Edina get. Um, and all you look forward to as a little kid is, is someday wearing those green breezers yeah. um, for the, for the high school program. So you, you don't wear them at youth. You wear black breezers at youth and, yeah, then, and then you, you wear you, black and then you get to finally wear them. Your dad was also a coach. Talk about his influence on your game, not just as a coach, but as a player as well. Yeah, he was my coach, um, basically all the way through. Um, and you know, I could be biased, but he is by far um, the best coach I've ever had. I think he's so gifted in um, the way that he's able to connect with kids and, and teach the game of hockey to its purest form. He knows that, you know, it's not about the wins and losses, but the experience and the life skills that you get from the game. Um, and so to have him from, you know, being six years old, um, starting out there and then even got to coach me in high school for a year when Slomo was hurt. That was super cool to have him um, just be a part of that journey all the way through. So your dad, let's get let, for these audience who, who don't know uh, who Murray Williamson is and who, who your dad is, let's give a little background of, of Murray first and then get into Dino. Yeah. So uh, my grandpa Murray, he is, um, quite the legend uh talk about a pioneer for coaching he um coached the 68 uh 1968 1972 olympic team um and the 72 team won a silver medal in sapporo japan um and then he went on to start the bemidji summer hockey camp which was actually the first ever summer hockey camp ever um but what makes him really cool is he went over to russia um, and befriended Tarasov, the Russian coach, um, and really brought that Russian style of hockey back to the United States, which, which is super cool. Uh, I didn't know this until, until now, but I, I went to the Bemidji hockey camp for three summers and he was the legend. He'd walk into the room, everyone would stay you know, put everything down and listen. And, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It was like, you know, it was like God had just walked into the room. So <laughs> I, I, I remember it now that you mention it, but yeah, I had seen Murray Williams in my whole life and he was always a big impactful person and wasn't surprised that his son Dean was also a great hockey player. Let's talk a little bit about your dad. Yeah. So, um, my dad, he played, so both my grandpa and my dad played hockey at the U as well. Um, so it makes you, if you can see the common trend, I kind of follow in their footsteps. You didn't have a choice, uh, did you? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so my dad, he, uh, he was a coach right out of college as well. Um, him and Marty nanny and a few other gopher guys, um, right after they graduated college, they actually coached the boys high school team at Wyzetta, um, which is super cool and ironic. Um, because of that being my first coaching job. But so right away, um, out of the gates, my dad was a coach and he has, um, coached the boys side and the girls side at all levels from youth to high school and the collegiate level as well. He, he coached some division one hockey. So, um, he is so experienced. He's been with all levels and gender and ages. So, 
um, definitely a gifted hockey coach um, and super cool that um, I got to be raised by two legends to say the least. Yeah. Well, before we, one more gush about your dad, I told you this before we turn the recorder on is I'll never forget playing at Southwest against your dad and he scored a goal, a huge goal for Edina. They would tie it or win it or something. It was a big goal, big goal. And the crowd began to chant, Dino, Dino. And it was like, <laughs> that guy is such a legend right now. I mean, the whole Edina crowd is chanting his name. That is about as cool as it gets. And I remember following him at the U as well. And he was, I told you this before, he was always the smartest guy on the rink. So to for you to tell me that he's a great coach uh, as well, it's no surprise whatsoever. That's awesome. Don't, don't, I won't tell him that story. He doesn't need his tires pumped. That I know. Much, we so pumped awesome. the Murray and Dean way too much. This is the Taylor show, <laughs> not their show, right? <laughs> yeah, you got that right. All right. So uh, you had a great uh, high school career. I mean, it, this is like a fairy tale at this point. And then the fairy tale gets a little sketchy after the national championship win. Uh, you win a national championship at the university. You get a chance to play with Amanda Kessel. And, and Sarah and Lee Steckline, Sarah Potomac, Lee Steckline, Hannah Brett, and this team, like, it, this is as legendary as you're going to find at the University of Minnesota. You were, you were there. You win the national championship in, in Durham. Tell us a few stories about playing with Amanda Kessel. Yeah, man, it was – that year was so cool. Um, it was so special. And um, ironically, you know, under these circumstances that we're in right now, we did a Zoom call, our 2016 national championship team last night. So it's really? fun to connect with all. Yeah, yeah. It was super fun to connect. And it's it's just a part of the game. Like, you know, it's, you start out as teammates, but you end up leaving as sisters and lifelong friends. So, um, but yeah, it was, I got a one, one or two good stories about uh, Amanda Kessel is, um, when she joined our team, it was, it was about halfway through the year. Cause she was finally healthy again from her, from her health journey as well. She came in um, like in the dark of the night, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um, it was sort of like the halfway point of the season. And, yeah. Um, you know, the doctors had cleared her. They said that she was healthy to play again and it was safe. So, um, Frosty called us into a meeting before practice, um, and, you know, when, when Frosty calls a meeting, you never know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. So we're all sitting there kind of nervous, wondering what's going on. Um, but there had been little rumors saying Amanda was going to come back. Um, and so Frosty told us in the meeting, he's like, yep, we're, we get to have Kess join our team again. She's healthy and ready to go. And so we were super excited. And first time meeting her was in that moment. And she is just so, so kind, um, and down to earth. Um, she was the player that I looked up to. I mean, it's funny cause her freshman year, I was in middle school. Right. And then, so I'm watching and I'm just mesmerized by the player that she is. Um, and then next thing, you know, she's sitting next to me in the locker room, um, joining, joining our team. So that first practice back, before we go out on the ice she warns us and she goes guys you know just so you know I might be really rusty it's been like two years so don't <laughs> you know like don't uh don't judge me and we're all like yeah don't like we're just excited to have you out there 
but we get out there and it happened to be a, a day where Frosty was skating us pretty hard and she just kicked our butts out there. <laughs> yeah. First by, practice back, right? Yeah. First practice back and she's already the best player by far on the team. Um, it was incredible, but it was super cool to, um, you know, just, just be around her and learn from her. Um, when there's a point in the year where I got injured. So, you know, as the red shirts, we were, um, going out on the ice early to practice and work on skills. And it was really during that time where her and I became really close. Um, she just took me under her wing and she has a little book of, of skill drills that her and her brother, Phil Kessel had kind of put together. And so she shared those with me. And to this day, those are drills that I use, um, now as a coach for my high school team, but, um, just super thankful to have been a part of that championship team and, um, become lifelong friends with Amanda and Hannah and Lee. And, and like I was saying with Sarah, she was my roommate and, you know, she'll, she'll probably be in my wedding someday, but just really grateful because with them being as good a hockey player as they are, they're, they're even better people. So, so as your career moves on, uh, end of your sophomore year, you go on spring break to Arizona, correct? And this is where things kind of get a little bit sideways. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, uh, I've been experiencing symptoms, uh, kind of like through that playoff run. Um, but it was, over that spring break that I noticed, I was like, okay, something, something's not right. And so, um, it was in, gosh, we're almost coming up to the, to the date. It was beginning of April, April 5th. I had, um, that emergency brain surgery cause I had found, uh, the big, uh, arachnoid cyst on the right side of my brain. Okay. So you have the surgery, right? This is after your sophomore, you have the surgery and you're thinking life gets a lot better at that point, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I had realized I'm like, well, I had no idea how bad my headaches were, how um, poor my sleeping was and, and just kind of the overall lifestyle from being a student to being a division one college athlete. So I was thinking things were looking good um, until all of a sudden things kind of took a turn for the worst. Right. So, and these um, were, and, and just to be frank here, the brain surgery and the myasthenia gravis are not related at all. Correct. No, they're not. Yeah. They're not connected. So explain what happened next in, you know, five months later. Yeah. So then, um, five months later, you know, we're, we're back on campus where I'm training to, I'm assuming I'm going to play, my junior year of college. Um, but all of a sudden my body is just not working the way that it should be. Um, and so we find out that, um, I have a neuromuscular autoimmune disease called myasthenia gravis. Um, and yet, like you said, it took about five, six months to figure that mystery out. Um, but it basically, all stemmed from I tried to play in our first game of the year against Merrimack, um, but had to be rushed to the hospital after the first period because I basically was playing blind um, and my muscles were so weak that I I couldn't even hold on to my stick um, and then was just struggling to even breathe. So they thought I was maybe even having a stroke, but 
um, after spending the night in the hospital and the doctors running countless of tests, um, they ended up finding out that it was uh, myasthenia gravis. So we'll be dealing with that the rest of my life. And are these explained uh, to our listeners uh, what the drugs entail? Is it, is it a pill? Is it an injection? Is it weekly? Is it every day? How does that work with the with the autoimmune disease? Yeah, so um, I do a multitude of treatments. So one of which is medication. So I, I take medication every day. Um, but then I also um, do um, an infusion. So it's called an IVIG. So I go to the hospital um, every 10 to 12 weeks. And I have, it takes four days. So they, really? they pu- hook me up to a machine, yep, and then um, pump my blood with some medication that really ends up helping a lot as well. So it's it's one of those, like, the silver lining of, um, it's such a bummer that there's not enough research on MG to find a cure. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm grateful that there is treatment that, that I'm able to live a, a normal, healthy lifestyle. Okay. Um, so this is a, actually, there's a pretty nice ending to this, a couple different nice endings that season you get back onto the ice, get healthy enough to, to get a regular shift. And what happens in the Wisconsin game? To, yeah. To, in so the WCHA finals, right? Yep. It's the WCHA final. And, um, I was able to score the game winning goal, the punch our ticket to the NCAA tournament. I, uh, rarely do I do research, Taylor, and, and things bring me to tears. Well, uh, while watching some video before the the show, before our call, I saw this and I started to tear up. It was such a neat story about just how you'd fought through both of these, uh, sets of situations and, and had a shining moment, even in your junior year. I mean, this is not your senior year. You know, you still had another year of hockey left. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. And just to... Yeah, so basically we found out I had that that uh, autoimmune disease in October and then, yeah, came back in January. Um, and I would arguably say, and I, I know if you talk to Frosty as well, he would tell you that I was playing the best hockey that I had been playing ever in college. And I think it just had to do with all the adversity I'd, I had faced over this the course of my career. Um, and then all of a sudden having the game taken away from me and then getting that second chance at it. Um, I was just, I was just playing so free and having so much fun. Um, and obviously was healthy again. So just that combination of everything, um, was allowing me to play at my best and, and help the team get to the NCAA tournament, which was so cool. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, all the burdens were, had gone away. Yeah, it truly was. And you know, it, I was found my found my love for the game um, back again, and it was just whatever that why was. Um, I was playing for it, and it was working for me. So fast forward your senior year, you get this, you get award, the Pinky McNamara uh, Student Achievement Award. Talk about what that award means and what that is at the University of Minnesota. Who wins this award? Yeah, so um, every year they host like the golden goldies, they call it for all the um, college athletes on campus. And um, the pinky McNamara is the student athlete um, achievement award. And 
Um, they give that out to one guy and one girl um, who have faced a lot of adversity over their college career, um, but find a way to overcome it um, and continue to be a top-notch athlete along with uh, in the classroom as a student. And so, yeah, I was fortunate enough to win that award and, you know, to, to have my name associated with Pinky McNamara is super cool. Um, and just, you know, just grateful for my overall time at the U. I know it was not nearly what I would have expected, um, but I wouldn't take back any of it. It was super, super fun and just grateful for all the people that I got to meet along the way. So after college, you're done coaching. I want to, I want you to walk through how this Wyzetta High School girls job just lands in your lap. Yeah, um, it's a funny story. So I decided in in the spring um, that I was going to hang up the skates and, and wasn't going to play pro or play for the Whitecaps or anything. I, I knew my body, obviously, just from what we were talking about, it was time for me to retire. Um, but my dad had mentioned after I decided I wasn't going to play, he's like, well, what do you think about coaching? Um, and at first <laughs> I was like, no way. Like, um, I'm not ready to be a coach. I'm going to, you know, get a job and, and, and start my adult life. Right. Um, so what was the that, job? What is your job after? Co- I don't know what you do. Um, so I actually work in ministry for, um, an organization called athletes in action. Um, so, so we work with the college athletes, specifically my, my team, we work with the athletes on the U of M campus and around the twin cities area. Um, but this is a nationwide organization, um, actually global. So, um, super lucky to be working with them. So how does the, the, why is that a job jump into fall in your lap? Yeah. So, um, it was kind of the end of May. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you hear this big news about, um, EJ retiring from Minnetonka and, and all of a sudden that conversation of, you know, all these coaches that are deciding to either move to another team or retire, um, is happening. And, um, my dad, he brought it up again. He's like, you know, T like you got these jobs that are opening up and, um, he's like, I wouldn't be telling you this if I didn't mean it. He's like, but I just think you would be a phenomenal coach. He's like, you have the gifts, you have this incredible story that is going to be used to your benefit. Um, and I was like, dad, like, I just, I'm 23. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for it. And he's like, okay, well, how about this? Like, I'll coach with you. Um, I'll help you out if you do this. He's like, I just really think that like, this is something that you should pursue and try out just for a year. So I was like, all right, um, we'll give it a try. And so that's how, you know, finally I reach out um, to these schools that had opening positions and um, it just was like talking with Jamie Sherwood, the why is that athletic director? Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew right away. I'm like, this is, this is the place for me. This is the place to be. Um, and instantly fell in love with the community. And um, I couldn't be more grateful this past year with the Trojans was such a blessing. And, 
Um, the girls mean the world to me. Um, I couldn't be more grateful for the parents and the community and their the constant love and support they give my dad and I. So, so lucky to be here now. So you get in there. Uh, I want to walk through a practice and then a game and then maybe uh, the, chan- the, the section final game, a couple games with you during your season. What's the relationship like with your dad getting back to Dean again uh, when you're coaching together? Because you'd never done it before. So w- w- how did it start? How did the beginning of the year start? And then you've obviously meshed pretty well by the end of the season. Yeah, so, um, you know, as I mentioned before, he was my coach growing up. So um, the benefit to that is his philosophy is my philosophy, um, just naturally. And so um, for a practice, um, we really kept that 50-50, but I honestly took the reins on most of that. I would um, come up with the ideas or the things I'd want to do. And then I would just show them the practice plan and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Or, um, I want to do this, but like, what's it, what's one of your favorite drills to fulfill this purpose that we want to achieve today? Um, so it was super cool to see that cohesiveness and for us to be able to blend this very old school, traditional guy that has a ton of experience with this brand new coach who, has all the new tips and tricks and that flair when that's blended together, it makes something super cool. So um, for practice, it was super fun to just bounce ideas off of each other. Um, And I'm sure if you talk to any of the girls on our team, (laughs) they would tell you that we are equally as competitive just because we're not in full gear. Um, Doesn't mean that we're not geared up and going because Anytime we did a small area game and could play against each other, we made sure our team won. was winning. Yeah, and I can tell you, I, my team won most of the game. So that's good. <laughs> that's really good. So as the season goes on, what were, what would how did the roles change? Uh, did they change much from beginning of the year to the end of the year with your dad and you and with you and your dad? No, he um, like even from the get go. Um, his whole purpose of, of coming alongside me was to really support me and um, just help me be trained and into being the best coach I could be. Um, and so if you went to a game and saw um, I was standing in the middle of that bench, cause he really did want to make me that head coach and, and was there for that support. Um, and the girls really just naturally kind of understood um, how that di- dynamic worked. And I think that showed to be why we were so successful at the end of the year, but, um, he ran the D, um, we had our assistant coach Blair parent, um, that was up he- he- mending the forwards, but, um, I really oversaw the, the entire team and it was super fun to do that. Um, and then to, if there was ever a moment where I had a question, um, to know I could just look over my, to my left or to my right and find my dad there um, to give me a quick answer or feedback was super helpful. But, you know, when it came to the X's and O's, um, he allowed me to take the lead on that, um, take the lead on special teams and, and all that. But just like any other head coach you talk to, um, you really take each coach and the gifts that they bring and, and you blend it all together. So um, it was just super fun to work with 
my dad and see him from a coach's perspective versus a player because that's all I had known um, before this year. Did you do you expect him to be on the staff with you the next umpteen years that you're there, or do you think he's just there for one year? No, I I mean I hope that he'll uh, want to stick around because it turned out to be this super special experience for him and I. Um, I didn't realize how cool this was to be coaching with my dad until like, you know, I had like four or five people come up to me saying that is so cool that you and your dad are doing it together. Um, and now looking back at the year, um, I couldn't agree more. And so I, he could say the same thing. Um, it's funny if you talk to him, he always says, I never thought I'd coach again. He's like, I thought I was going to stick to buying, uh, a water and a box of popcorn and he was content standing up watching in the stands. But, yeah. um, this, this past year, um, so the 2019, 2020 why is that a girls hockey team was his top was in his top three favorite teams he's ever coached. Yeah, so it was in, a special team. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's super cool. All right. I'm going to walk you through a sequence of games from last year. Some, this We'll start with the bad. We'll start with the ugly, and then we'll, we'll get to the good stuff. Um, you had a stretch. Uh, I don't know. I, was, I think it was at the Maple Grove game. Um, December 7th, 10th, 13th, 14th, and 17th, you lost four of five games, and you're practically 500 heading into Christmas. Was there ever a doubt with you and your staff and your team at, at, at this point when you lose to North Wright County, which is a good team? People are like, oh, they shouldn't lose them. That's a really good hockey team. But at that point, uh, do, does something change in the season? Does something change in your mentality, or does everything just stay the same? Um, no. So, I mean, as you hear from, you know, my health story and stuff, um, my grandpa always said adversity is opportunity. Um, and right off from the get go, um, when we started coaching at Wyzetta, we told the girls the success of this season does not like, we don't consider success by wins and losses alone. Obviously that stuff matters. Obviously we want to win games. Um, but how we're going to determine success is by you guys living out, our core values and, and we can, we can always talk about that later, but, mm -hmm. um, so really our mindset never changed the whole year. Um, but what those losses gave these girls and, and our team and our program was, um, the opportunity to evaluate where we were at and really say, okay, where do we want to go and how, how are we going to do that? What needs to change? And so we did have things that needed to change and um, it had stemmed from just how they had been playing hockey up until my dad and I had entered the program. Right. Um, so things like these girls, like we figured out, you know, we got to play to win. You can't go into a game playing not to lose, but to play to win. And um, really learning what it means to truly compete and, you know, just all these, all these little, um, components started to be brought up and the girls just totally bought into it. Um, and they would, it's funny cause you bring up all these losses. Yeah. Um, but when we brought them up right before we headed into playoffs, every single game that you just listed were games that the girls considered a turning point in the year. 
And that was where they experienced the most growth. So it's one way to look at it and say, yeah, you lost a ton of games, but in our minds and in the player, in the girls' minds, that was the time where they experienced the most growth. So super cool. And it definitely, you know, as we'll, we'll talk about played in our benefit going down the stretch. So early in the year, you lose to Blake. Now you face them in the semifinals. Probably your, if you look at your resume, that's one of your biggest wins as a coach in, in, in a, uh, granted, just a one year. Walk through the, the process of playing a juggernaut like Blake and beating them. Yeah. So that was all, I would say what led to that win was the preparation um, that led up to that game. And um, as mentioned, we just lost those four out of five pretty big games. Yeah, they were. Um, when I mentioned those games, these were no slouches. I mean, but still losing, you know, is sometimes contagious. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so um, all we did was take it day by day, Um, you know practices didn't change um mindset didn't change but we just there were little things here and here and there that we had to tweak and so um after that loss we started to get into a groove it started probably right before winter break we beat lakeville north yep we beat them pretty well and and it was like okay this is the style of game that we got to start playing and so I would say even, so you look at those four or five games, that was a rough patch. But then right before playoffs, we were beating Minnetonka. Um, we held Edina to a great game at home. The scoreboard didn't show up, but, you know, overall we played super well. We beat North Wright County again. So started getting these these W's under our belt. And so well, you left out one other big win there. You beat Breck. Beat, which, and we beat Breck. Yeah, that <laughs> was a big win that was a huge win. And so with those big wins, they now knew what the identity of the team was, which they didn't know at the time when we lost to Blake, they didn't know. And when we lost those four or five other games, um, we were still figuring out who we were as a team. And so um, going into that section uh, semifinal game, we were just confident, Um, walked into the rink confident. We knew um, what we had to do to win. Um, and more importantly, the girls knew exactly what they had to do as individuals and collectively as a team um, to help beat Blake. And um, to see them pull that off and, and come out of the gates flying was super fun. Um, that was a very exciting game and, and just a well-earned win by the girls. But overall, a bloodbath between two really good teams. So it was fun to be a part of. So – a lot of people don't know the story, and this will be a fun story, just kind of reflecting back on the season. The, the goaltending situation, is it's kind of a neat story. I mean, Micah Bergeron was not, when when you when you rolled out the pucks for the first practice, you didn't say, you'll be playing in the section final. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Micah had only played about five varsity games before the Blake, like before the Blake game. It was crazy. Um, and those three goalies, they just competed the whole year. Um, and we kind of talked about it as a coaching staff and said, the starting goalie is going to make themselves known. And it, it ended up being Micah and, um, <laughs> just made some unbelievable saves in that game. Uh, one in particular against L- Lily Delanita's, um, yes. get a little breakaway, but just outstanding and super excited and proud of Micah for what he was able to accomplish in that season. 
her section final against Edina was no slouch either. I mean, some of the saves she made were eye-popping. Yeah, it was remarkable. Best best game I've ever seen Micah play. So speaking of that game, let's walk through this now. Before we get to the results and all those things, you're you're now coaching against Samuel. You, you've coached against her now a couple times, but this game's – this isn't a regular season Lake Conference game. This is for all the marbles, and they're three-time state champions. How much of a babysitter really was she? Was she your babysitter, or did she come over once and babysit you? I got to I gotta know. I got to get to the bottom of this. She was my little brother's babysitter. Ah, okay. Here we go. And but, but you know her really well, right? And I know her really well. Like we talked about it earlier, talking about Edina. She was who I wanted to be growing up. Oh, this is you know, great. She was the she was the big time all star for girls hockey at Edina. Um and we live close, obviously. Um she was in the neighborhood. Like when we went down and played pond hockey at Walnut Ridge Park, she would always be there. And so, you know, I just looked up to her and thought she was so cool. Um and obviously we stayed connected as I grew up and we were always bummed because we were one year apart. So we never got to play high school together. Um, but it's just super fun. Cause obviously what started out as me just idolizing her, um, it turned into a sweet friendship and, um, she's just, you know, a class act. Sammy's an unbelievable person. And, um, it's been really cool to see, um, a former Hornet, take over that head coaching job and I mean clearly she's done a tremendous job at it so when you get the job at Wyzetta did you lean on her at all about you know coaching and parents and any of that stuff or was the first time you saw her when you when you guys laced them up against Edina no yeah we uh we've stayed in touch and what we talked about right off the bat was it was so cool to finally have someone in a in a similar role um, cause this year was the first time really where you saw really young women hockey players become a head coach. Um, they no longer were just the assistant or, um, you know, a part-time coach, but they're manning that bench. And, um, so for us to be able to go and get dinner together or, or talk on the phone to hear about the good and the bad, right. um, and get, and give each other perspective. That was super cool. And, um, we definitely learned a lot from each other um, through those conversations. I talked to her after that game. We'll get to the game in just a second. And she's balling. She's tearing up. She was so proud to be involved with you and your life and, and where you took her took your team. It was, uh, it was a special one. It was nothing I, I had expected. I knew that there had to have been some relationship, but I didn't know it was, it was that thick, and I thought it was a neat story. Oh, thank you, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about that Edina game. It's one of the best games of the year, and I'm, I was fortunate enough to be there to watch it and cover the game. And and walk through what's going through your brain here. You're, you're playing against your former team, right? Your, your team is playing against former team. That's one thing. And you're with your dad, and this place is packed. I mean, you've probably had some good crowds, but I don't think there's as good a crowd as I've seen for a girls' game uh, as you'll get at, at parade for a high school game. Walk through everything that you remember from the game. Yeah, so 
I remember sitting there um, when the rink was empty right away when the girls were warming up. Um, and I just remember looking over at my dad and smiling and just being like, this is what Minnesota hockey is all about right here. Um, you know, you're going to have a bloodbath of a game. Life's on the line and you're planning to go to the state tournament that's at the XL Energy Center. I'm like, this is so cool. Um, and leading up to it, I thought I was going to be super nervous because, you know, you hear stories like, oh, you know, going from being a player to a coach, all you wish you could do is like be out there and play with the girls. But right. I was actually just excited um, and looking forward to see what our team could do against this powerhouse Edina team. Um, so then you get out for So playoffs, you, you're looking you know. at us half full. Like we have loosey goosey. We have nothing to lose. This is going to be awesome to see what our girls can do. Yeah. And, and it had been years since we had even made it to the section final. So that in itself was a huge victory for our program. Um, but the coolest part was even though we had gotten that far, every single girl on our team, they said, this isn't where it's going to end. Like, let's go, like, let's beat the Hornets. Let's make it to the state tournament. Um, so I, that's what, why I was so excited is the mindset that the girls had going into the game. Um, I was just looking forward to how the game was going to unfold. And, um, like I had mentioned, the success of our season wasn't going to be determined by the end result of that game. Um, in my eyes, it was already a successful year. The things that they had achieved together and individually was remarkable. Um, but I mean, you get you get to puck drop and you have, like you mentioned, just an arena full of people. You got two bands there. Um, stands are packed. It's loud. Um, and it it's just it's why you love the game. It was so cool and so fun to be a part of. There was besides the bands and the crowds, there were some other fans there too. Tell me who those who was there cheering you on. <laughs> yeah, so um in addition to you know, your Wyzetta and Edina fans. Um, I actually had majority of my old Gopher teammates. Um, they came to support me. They sat on the Edina side, um, but they sat intentionally across the bench from me. Um, so there are times I'd look over um, and they'd be smiling at me or waving. And then, you know, there are other times I'd look over and they're cheering for the Trojans. Um, it was super fun. And I mean, it just speaks volumes of what it means to um, be a hockey player and those teammates turn into your lifelong friends. So that was really special to have them there. So it's 3-2, you're down. You've you've scored two goals on Uma Cornea at this point was like the first time all year that's happened, which is almost you should get a trophy for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um And you get a face, you get an offensive zone face-off. You talk about X's and O's, you're with your dad, there's – you know, under 30 seconds to go in the game. What goes on in the huddle there? Yeah. So, um, you know, my dad and I had been having short little conversations here and there leading up to that. Cause we both knew what was going to have to be done. Um, but yeah, we, we pull them in for the huddle and, um, it's one of those things like as a coach, you know, the, the players know exactly what, what has to be done. Um, but I just pull them in. Um, we drew up, a play that we had been practicing um, leading up to that game um, for the six on five. And, um, you know, I, I just remember saying, all right, here's what we got. Go win this game, guys. Like you can do it. Um, 
and man, were they ever close. Uma had a amazing save. Um, we were peppering her, but, um, you know, it was, it was one of those times where you unfortunately end up losing, but overall such a fun game. And, um, we really made them work till that buzzer. So I, uh, it was a rarely, you know, you've heard the term, you know, the opposite of winning, opposite of losing and opposite of winning is losing. Right. That was one of those games where I ne- never really got the feeling. Why is that a lost? They were they, yeah. they were almost as victorious as Edina was that night because of their crowd, because of the way they played, because of their goaltending. So many victories, little mini victories that came out of that game for your program, but mostly just for 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 the kids that were on the ice. Yeah, I I you couldn't have said it better. And I feel like it was one of those things where you were sad you lost, but you were more sad that this special of a team that the season was over. Um, and you know, you feel bad for those seniors that don't get to put on the Wyzetta Jersey again. And, you know, there's all those little factors, but like you mentioned that game that we had against Edina, um, there's no doubt that it is going to catapult, um, the trajectory of this program, um, into the next season and the year after that, and the year after that, it was incredible to see it how they were able to buy into this mindset that my dad and I brought to the, to the Boisetta, Um, and they love it. So I really look forward to seeing the fruit that comes from it in these years to, to come. So after the game, uh, there's the, the infamous picture of you and Sammy hugging after the game. What happens in that hug? What happens there? Is it's just, can you tell us kind of what went through there? Yeah, she, um, similar to what you had mentioned when you talked to her, um, she just wanted to let me know how proud she was of me and um, like how amazing it was to watch me take over um, as head coach at Wyzetta and accomplish everything that, that we were able to do in the year. Um, She said that um, she's just super grateful for um, what I did for the girls. Um, And then she told me that she was, she was already nervous for what Wyzetta was going to bring against the Hornets in the years to come. Oh, I would be too. I would be too. So, which is a great segue uh, into your plans um, for building a program at Wyzetta. But you, you, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but there were probably, you know, the, the hundreds and hundreds of people there, there were probably hundreds of young girls uh that that will play someday at why is that a high school or playing in the program that got a chance to see what you had done uh talk about how you're going to help build those girls into uh players that'll play varsity someday yeah so um i think one of the biggest things um that i'm going to use to you know help grow the game um and specifically at Wyzetta is um, we brought in my dad and I, um, I came up with these core values um, that now the entire Wyzetta girls hockey program um, has a foundation to build off of. And so um, the values are committed, love, energy, accountability, and resilient. Um, And the acronym for that is clear. So um, we have a clear mindset, um, and that really is the foundation of what um, our coaching philosophy is off of, um, being able to 
come to the rink every day and um, play for the love of the game, love for your teammates, love for your coaches and family and community. Um, and it's super cool to see the high school girls um, give back and kind of pour into those younger, the youth team. So um, I know for me personally, um, I really look forward to working with all the Wyzetta youth teams and, and getting to know the coaches. Um, I, I've already been able to kind of start that process. And, you know, if we're able to open those rinks up right. here soon, um, I really look forward to getting to coach them this summer as well. So I think it's one of those things as a head coach, um, you kind of can put put in as much as you want. Um, and I know for me, like, there's no doubt coaching is a huge passion um, for me in my life. And I want to give as much as I can um, to these girls, because even though it's just a game, you could say it, it it's so much more than that. Right. Um, and I, and I really think that um, this is my lane and opportunity to make a difference in so many girls lives. So I know that I want to do, uh, my part at all levels, not just high school, um, but with youth youth teams as well to make Wyzetta one of those big powerhouse programs in the state of Minnesota. So you talked to me earlier before we the show, and you talked about the the, the Monday night skill sessions that you guys perform, not just for the high school but for the youth all the way. And can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So um, Pat O'Leary was the mastermind behind that. Um, sounds like they've been doing it for a while but um I thought it was the coolest thing so on Mondays um we cut the high school program practices a little bit shorter to um in order to get as many youth teams out on the ice for about 45 minutes and we just um we run them through a variety of skill drills um all the high school coaches and from both the boys and girls side and so we get high school, our players out there to help out and volunteer. Um, and it just gives us the opportunity to talk with the youth teams and hear how their year's going, um, you know, kind of create that relationship early on. Um, and I truly believe that it's from that they get to see high school kids out there, the high school coaches, and it really creates momentum and excitement to someday be that varsity player that they all look up to. So I love it. And I think it's a great idea that Pat came up with. And now basically what's building as a community is the foundation for the community. So which makes it even easier to get fans to come to games when you have a big game against Edina, as well as producing the fruit of higher skilled players. Yeah, it, it couldn't be, um, it couldn't be a better setup and, uh, it's so amazing to me to see where the game has gone. Even since I was in high school, you see on the girls' side just so many more incredibly skilled players and and the depth of elite women that we get out of the state of Minnesota. It's so cool. So with such a high bar, um, it's, it's important to continue as a coach now to adapt and figure out what's going to be best to help make your players one of those elite players. 
So speaking of elite players, let's talk about a few of them. Um, you had a few that you had 11 or 12 seniors uh, graduate this year, but the cupboard isn't exactly bare. I, I, the player that just keeps standing out to me over and over is this Greta Branton. She's just a, she's a mighty might out there, just hard, very determined, skilled player. And then you have Sloan Matthews, who's, who scores big goals, and uh, a good friend of mine from childhoods, uh, David Hackley. So I got to saw both of his daughters play this year sammy she'll be back correct yes sammy, sammy will be back. back and and you see you have a really nice deep pool of players uh talk about their six those kids and and, and the future for why is next year and, and beyond yeah it's um it's super exciting to get you know gretchen and sloan and sammy and and all those girls coming back um because they were the ones that you know uh, along with our seniors, they bought into this mindset. So they already have a taste of what um, success looks like um, and what it, more importantly, what it can be. Um, and so for them to now step up and be the leaders of this team, um, it's going to be really exciting to see what they make of it. And even though, um, you know, the world's going through um, just all this, this, this hard time for them to continue to stay together um, keep working at home and, and fine tuning their skills. It's going to be super fun come next October um, when the puck drops to see what um, the Trojans make of themselves. So, Well, it's been a fun uh, almost hour with you to learn your whole story, and I knew this would be a, a really uh, fantastic show and really excited to watch your career as a coach and uh, blossom here in Minnesota. I appreciate you coming on the show with us today, Taylor. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me, Tony. All right, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you around the rink. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring